0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, it's
2: Wendy. And it's Jess. And you're listening to the Food Heaven Podcast, your online
1: resource for delicious and nutritious living.
2: So excited to be here. Rise and thrive.
1: Okay, so let's get started. Yes.
2: So thank you guys all so much for being here. We are so thrilled to be a part of this Rise and Thrive event with Quaker. Mm -hmm. And we just thought we would make this very informal. This is our first ever live recording of our podcast episode.
1: Yeah, we're really excited.
2: Yeah, this is our three-year anniversary of having a podcast in our... Yay! Yeah. We started in 2015, right? Yeah, Yeah. but we've
1: been doing Food Heaven for like seven years now, which is pretty crazy. Time flies. We started off, which we'll talk about that. We started off when we were like nutrition students or not even. We were like just thinking about getting into this, but time flies.
2: Yeah, time flies when you're having a good time. (laughs) She's a (laughs) jokester. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to we're going to um talk about our favorite episodes
1: yeah i think that'll be good well first let's talk for people that are like okay who are these girls and why are they here maybe we should talk a little bit about how we got started and kind of like what we do with food heaven
2: yes and then we'll talk about our favorite episodes and then we'll talk about how to clear through the wellness clutter
1: yeah that's good there's a lot of confusion I think when it comes to wellness and health and it's like no one knows what to eat anymore and everyone's like freaking out because they think they're gonna die if they eat gluten so yeah we'll talk about confusing topics (laughs) some of the most annoying trends that we've seen so let's start with who we are so you want to start Sure. So we're registered dietitians. We're diabetes educators. And we started Food Heaven, again, around seven years ago. And we started working at farmer's markets. And at the time, we just was in school for nutrition. I was like still figuring out my life. And I was kind of just picking her brain about like, oh, well you're into nutrition, that's something that interests me and we were working at the farmer's market doing cooking demos in the Bronx in New York and people were just so excited to kind of see the food that we were preparing they, they were never like exposed to things like kale or even things like spinach and so once we showed them like oh these are really simple ways to incorporate them they would come back week after week wanting more recipes um, and it was just like really inspiring because we saw how excited they were and how it was really about giving people education and tools for actually incorporating this stuff because I think that a lot of people are like, yeah, I know I should be eating more fruits and vegetables, but, like, the practicality is never part of the equation. So I think with us, like, doing the cooking demos, it was super practical, and we saw the change immediately with people's habits.
2: Yeah, so we did that for... Well, I think I did that for, like, three years. Yeah, I i think i lasted a she summer. Lasted, like a summer it was
1: really hot it was really hot in yeah. new york it was like 95 degrees i was like i'm out i yeah. just never showed up one day our friend hadis in the front row <laughs> i was her supervisor
2: she's also a dietitian um but anyway so we did that for three or i did that for three years and then after the farmer's market season ended we wanted to kind of continue with like the fun and we felt like It was better to show through, you know, these cooking demonstrations versus tell, because I think one of the things that dietitians do is like help people see how to incorporate whatever the recommendations are in a practical way. Not just saying like eat food. Yeah. Not too much. Mostly plants. But like, how do you actually
1: do that? Right. Or scaring people. Like, if you don't do this, you're going to get diabetes. Like, that's what. We can't. (sighs) We're not about that. So.
2: Yeah. So then we ended up. So I lived in Brooklyn at the time, and we had a show on Brooklyn Public Access TV. I took a, yay, me and, yeah, that's my friend from back in the day in Brooklyn. We took a class there. Or I think I took a class on, like, video editing, and we filmed our first, like, Food Heaven Made Easy. We we started off, like, on Public Access TV. We filmed our first episode maybe, like, seven years ago. And it was crazy because we spent all this time Renting the equipment, you had to, like, check it out
1: in advance. And we were, like, lugging it throughout Brooklyn. Like, there were no Ubers. No. We were, like, with cameras and, like, (laughs) stuff. And it was, like, very... We didn't have money to, like, even pay cabs. And we were, like... You would see us carrying, like, big cameras. It wasn't, like, the cute ones, like the T3Is. Right. And we were, like, all around Brooklyn just carrying this stuff.
2: Yeah, there was no iPhone. So we recorded the whole episode, and... After we did that, we had—I think we had Leonard helping us. Yeah, or was it my Leonard? best friend. Yeah, yeah. So after we did that, he he helped us. It, it took eight hours. We were like in the grocery store, like we did all these like special effects, and we realized that the mic wasn't turned on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was horrible.
1: Yes, we spent literally yeah. hours and I was hours. Like, and I hours. It was yeah. a breaking point because I'm like, I don't know. We were that, like, mm. we don't we don't know <laughs> if we should do this. <laughs>
2: yeah, we at were, all we were considering just like, okay, that was that. But we ended up doing, we were like, no, we should really, you know, I don't know. Maybe that was like part, I think that was a first lesson learned, you know, that things don't always go your way. You're going to make mistakes. You, that was a good, I think, window into like what it's kind of like to be an entrepreneur and to have a business because there are going to be those days when you put in all this work and all this time and, things just don't go the way that you planned and you have to like do it over i mean i think at that time we would like do these i mean we still do this though we did this yesterday we would do these shoots where where we film i don't know like a million episodes in one day like 14 hour days yeah we did that yesterday yesterday. yeah
1: (laughs) we recorded seven podcasts (laughs) in one day and even yeah it's like we're still learning because we had like a video shoot last week and we're like okay we probably should have done this the proper way but we're like let's just make it work like back to our brooklyn days where we're like (laughs) super diy we're like seven years later and we're still doing the same thing (laughs) yeah Yeah, trying to like we gotta do better yeah we're getting better though we're getting better
2: yeah so okay so back to who we are so we ended up having our show on Brooklyn Public Access. I think it's still running. I still get emails saying, your show has been accepted for renewal. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I have not lived in Brooklyn for five years, but that's cool. right? And we, we decided that because you know we had people who would be like, I don't live in Brooklyn or I don't have a TV. How do I watch your show? So we're like, oh, let's put it online.
1: Yeah, we started putting it, wasn't it on, like, Vimeo? Yeah, we started on Vimeo. I always confuse Venmo and Vimeo. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, wait, let me pause before saying that. Yeah, it started on Vimeo. On Vimeo, And then our friend Fran, who we have a mutual friend here, she was like, you guys, or someone told us, you guys should put it on YouTube. And yeah, we, it was her. Yeah. And then we, we didn't even know that people were on YouTube and that it was a thing. And she was like, you guys can make money doing this. And we were like, how? Really? what we were like how do you even we didn't know anything about like monetizing or anything we're like okay let's just put it on youtube and then it kind of just grew from there right like initially it was just friends and family but organically it grew throughout the years and i think now it's like we have i don't even know how many it's like it's grown a lot the channel we don't even post videos on there anymore yeah so
2: we so we transitioned into doing a podcast because we both used to live in new york um i was there like almost a decade and then i decided i wanted to move back home to sunny california and yes (laughs) um in the bay area And so we decided it would be better to do a podcast. So that's when kind of where the Food Heaven podcast idea was born. And we found out that we actually really enjoy doing a podcast almost more, definitely because you don't have to like we don't have to get cute, yeah, yeah. do your makeup, do your hair, like like actually cook
1: anything, yeah, because we were looking. We were looking a hot mess on Thursday. Like, we literally rolled out the airport and into the podcast studio with all of our luggage. With our suitcase. And they were like, what is going on? The producers? And I'm like, let, let's let go. Let's, requ- <laughs> let's go. Looking crazy. But we're doing this because, yeah, it's great. Even for this. We're going to air this on our podcast. And y'all don't know how we look like right now, even though we look really cute. But it's nice. <laughs> There's not that much pressure to, you know, have to be on camera and, like, whatever.
2: Yeah. So let's talk about our favorite episodes and our favorite yeah. guests. Yeah. So you can start. What's your favorite episode?
1: Okay. So we've or actually let's talk about what we've learned throughout doing our podcast because we've been doing it for three years now and I think at this point we're a little more natural with it like initially it was very monotone I think where it was like we were really scripted and we were like yes you should eat the recommended (laughs) serving size is and you know like that and so we've eased up a little bit and it's more conversational and I think the main lesson learned has been that you don't have to make things perfect I think especially as dietitians like we're very type a jess and i and it's like especially me i'm like things have to be edited perfectly things have to sound and now it's like yeah it's fine and it sounds better when you're just a little bit more laid back about things so i think that's been the biggest lesson and it's just easier when you're more laid back because you're not constantly worrying about things about the product being perfect
2: yeah i would say for me the biggest lesson well i guess nutritionally speaking is just to keep it simple and remain open. Because we have a a wide variety of different guests on our podcast. And I feel like they all come from different philosophies when it comes to nutrition. Like we have some people who may be kind of more food is medicine. And we have other people who, you know, maybe more what we call like a weight centric approach, which is like using intuitive eating to kind of make Peace with food or weight. Yeah. Weight inclusive approach using intuitive eating to kind of make peace with food, listening to your body and things like that. And so I feel like what I have learned is just to continue to be curious and incorporate a lot of different philosophies that that, you know, work from these different schools of thought and to always just make things like the most practical that you can. And also sticking to things that are evidence-based because that's one thing that we see within the wellness community is a lot of times people will just kind of make up things or like make up recommendations based on like what worked well for their mom or their friends. But it's really important to make sure that anything that you're recommending to people is actually something For the most part, that has been studied
1: and that will actually have the potential to help them. So, yeah, for sure. And then also with like just different perspectives on the podcast, just talking about food being really good and pleasurable. And I think that that's important because with all of the, you know, the food is medicine approach and like the... Um, all the science behind food it can take away sometimes from the pleasure of just enjoying food and so we have people on there that might not necessarily have you know the academic background and nutrition and things like that but they just really love food and they get really excited about eating like us so yeah. that's we had really the nice best too. meal last night if you guys Ooh, were- yeah so people who
2: are in la are coming to LA. this restaurant have you guys been to native yes But, okay, so the restaurant was um, by this chef. I guess she was on Top Chef. And she she calls it, like, an expression of love through food. It was literally one of the best meals I've ever had in my life. So that's one thing, too, that we're... We really like people to not just think about food as medicine. Yes, that's important, but also food is pleasure and it should be enjoyed. and you you know should be able to have meals that you find satisfying that you get excited about because a lot of what nutrition is, yes, it's like your physical health, but it's also your mental health as well and like what you're going to find both physically and mentally nourishing.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about our favorite episode. Yeah. Okay. So my favorite episode was The Superwoman Schema with Dr. Lonica Blackman. And I what number that was? Yeah, it was really good and this episode specifically was about how as women, especially black women, we just say yes to everything and we don't really set boundaries and like these are things that we kind of already know that a lot of women can relate to but then she spoke about the health implications of that and the science behind that with thinking it to different chronic conditions and also talking about practical ways to seek support within our community amongst ourselves, to take care of ourselves, how to take care of ourselves in practical ways really nice and simple ways to say no to things so yeah like it was it was kind of like these things that we know in our mind but when she spoke about them I identified some things even within myself that I was like oh wow I could really improve on these things and we had such great feedback about it too where so many women contacted us like oh my god I totally relate you know I struggle with the same thing and And so that was one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, that was a really,
2: really good episode. So that was episode 53 in case anybody wants to go back and listen to it. So for me, I had a hard time thinking about my favorite episode because I actually, when we're recording the podcast, it's hard to be fully present because you're kind of thinking about the next question and being engaging with the guest so i go back and listen to them all as just a listener and i really feel like i learned so much from every guest me too um so i think the one that i got the most out of recently it was episode 50 and it was called slow and seasonal living with eva cosmas flores and she is a food photographer is she a chef she yeah she went to culinary school okay so she's a chef and she is big on this way of living living called homesteading have you guys heard of that so it's basically you know trying to be very close to the land and being as self-sufficient as possible so she has like a farm in portland with all these acres and with her and her husband and they said they actually have like they grow a lot of their food i think she said in their front yard right yeah, I'm At this like point. girl, what size is your front yard?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she she has a lot of land, it just, seems.
2: Yeah, so she just talked about how like the best food is made from the freshest ingredients yeah. and just keeping things simple she has an amazing cookbook yeah she does she's so inspirational because she does these food photography retreats that are all over the world so she'll do one in like croatia and then like ireland with these amazing backdrops and her photos are gorgeous because they're like very rich and like moody and saturated and vibrant and i think it just like helps to make food really exciting because at the end of the day we want people to get excited about eating you know plant-based food and food that's like naturally nourishing and naturally fresh Um, and so just like sometimes we'll ask people especially the guests who are foodies kind of what they're eating in a typical day and i find that that's always really inspiring because i mean she keeps it simple but It just inspired me to continue to make an effort to go, you know, to farmer's markets, just simple things that you can do to eat delicious food that's also, you know, good for the environment and, you know, giving back. So going to the farmer's market, um, even maybe like growing something, you know, even if you have a windowsill like Wendy does in New York, maybe you grow some basil or something like that that you can add to stuff, your mom tomatoes, right?
1: Yeah, (laughs) she takes it a little too far though. It's a fire safety issue. Like growing, (laughs) I live in New York City and she, like, legit has really big tomatoes growing on my windowsill. And they, various times, have called it to my attention, like the board for my building. And they're like, this is a fire safety issue. But yeah, she grows tomatoes, basil. Um, lettuce it's literally like this big the window so so it can be done I know not
2: everyone like we were saying not everybody has acres in like a big front yard but even if it's something as simple yeah. as you know a community like plot of land my mom does that in Sacramento like they all kind of pitch in and then they kind of um, take care of the land and grow stuff we can all do those little things. And yeah. so I think sometimes it's just having those kind of guests on as a reminder to keep it basic, keep it simple. She was just saying, like, her and her husband every day, like, for breakfast, they just have fried eggs and maybe some, like, that I think they have, they, like, have the chickens, right? Where, yeah, they have, have said, their chickens. Yeah, that yeah. they get from their own chickens. Um, and they just, like, sauteing whatever vegetables are in season. And yeah. I was just like, oh, yeah, it doesn't have to be complicated.
1: Yeah. I And it's also like, even with the basil that I grow, which is like, it's not a lot, but it's very meditative to just see things grow and like to be involved in that process. And yeah, you just have more of a special connection with food. I have a friend who she lives in Boston and she grows a lot more food. Like she pretty much grows a lot of her produce that she eats and she's just like, wow, like you can see it just transforms her so much to kind of go through that process and she appreciates the food so much more. So I think if anything for that, it's it's of course nice to have the food available to you that you grow, but also you just feel so much more connected. Absolutely. Absolutely. So
2: let's start talking about how do you clear through the wellness clutter? Um, Okay. What's the most unhelpful wellness trend you've come across?
1: That carbs are evil. Yeah. Have you guys heard that? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Carbs. Yeah. They're the worst. And it's like it's just so ridiculous because it's cutting out an entire food group. and And I think when people say that, they don't realize that that would mean cutting out so much food for example oatmeal but also things like fruits and beans and all grains and it's just like oh my god why would you want to do that carbs are so delicious and nutritious right it's like cutting out a food group
2: that has been proven to be beneficial is what sometimes we don't get so i guess my most unhelpful wellness trend is the idea that you have to do a diet to be healthy or like a strict cleanse Mm -hmm. like whole 30 or what else keto or intermittent fasting, I am getting questions on a daily basis about all these different diets, especially keto has been the most recent one. And um, and even intermittent fasting, and in my answer is always the same. And so like, for have you guys heard of intermittent fasting, for example? Okay, so just for those who don't know what it is, it's basically saying that you can only eat between certain periods of time. And only so many meals per day. And for some people, it also may fluctuate, you know, what you're doing on a given day, right? So like some days, there's a smaller window when you can eat. Other days, there's a wider window. And people always ask my opinion on that. My patients are like, what should I do? Like, this is really trendy. I think I need to be on this diet. And the first question is, can you do that for the rest of your life? Usually the answer is no. And from what I've seen with my patients is that they are not like for, I've never seen anybody who's been on any of those things more than a couple of months. And a lot of times it causes kind of, um, weight cycling, which is, you know, you might lose weight, but studies show that most people who do lose that weight following a diet like that will gain it back plus more. And also weight cycling can have some like negative consequences to your health. So that's one aspect. But the other aspect, like we were saying is just, Not having so many rules around eating, not being so rigid, I think is really, really important. And to keep things flexible because a healthy diet at the end of the day is flexible and you should be able to incorporate foods that bring you joy and bring you pleasure. And that may change from time to time because I know, you know, there may be periods where, you know, you're not tolerating something as well. And that's fine. You know, we want people to eat foods and make them feel their best. But at the same time, trying to you know, remain as flexible as possible. So any kind of those diets, like IF, for example, it says that maybe you can't eat after, I don't know, like six o'clock some days. That means that if your friends want to go out to eat with you, you can't go. And that's not fun. Like you want to be able to go and have fun with your friends. So trying to keep all those things in mind when it comes to what your personal wellness journey is.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that things really need to be individualized, too, because, Everyone has their different needs, especially when it comes to health. And there are people that have, yeah, that just do better on certain foods. And that's totally fine. And just acknowledging that. But knowing that there isn't like a clear cut, this is the best way to eat. There's just so many ways to eat a balanced, healthy diet that is pleasurable. Hopefully, you know, hopefully it tastes good. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, just like that flexibility, I think is really important. Okay, so what are some
2: actionable steps that people can do to live their best life? Eat at
1: least three times a day. Yeah. (laughs) That's the most basic advice. I think start there because you'd be surprised how many people we talk to who they're like, I have my breakfast is a piece of fruit or my breakfast is... A boiled egg, and Pan it's dulce, like, yeah, which is like sweet, sweet bread. bread. So eat at least three <laughs> meals, meaning complete meals that have nice balance of carbohydrates, protein, fiber, healthy fats. So that's like a good starting point, I think. And we usually reference the MyPlate method, which I think does a really great job at visualizing things. So for example, let's say for breakfast, you have your oatmeal with peanut butter and nuts and maybe you add some seeds in there for extra fiber and fats. And that would be like a very balanced breakfast, for example. Then maybe for lunch and dinner, you have like your favorite grain or you have like some some kind of starchy vegetable like potatoes or sweet potatoes and you balance that out with protein and the vegetables it's really as simple as that i know people come to us thinking we have the miracle solution and i'm like guys it's so basic yeah like eat just, vegetables yeah. <laughs> included with other things as yeah well. try to move around a little bit right Sleep.
2: Um, one way that i like to think about the my plate for people you know, who may be on the go or not necessarily having, you know, something that looks so compartmentalized is just making sure you have three food groups per meal. Um, and if you can have more, even better. So I tell people, you know, think about having one thing that's a starch on your plate cause that's going to give you energy thinking about having one thing that's a protein, um, for your muscles and it'll also help sustain your energy. And thinking about having some kind of fruit and or vegetable, typically vegetables like for lunch and dinner, maybe fruit with breakfast, because those are going to be your vitamins and minerals. And then, of course, fat. So a lot of people think that they shouldn't be eating fat. And fat, you know, got a bad rap in the past. But what we know now is that we need fat and it's really satiating for people and also fat can help like having vegetables with fat because i know a lot of our patients may just kind of steam their vegetables and not add any oil to them or even you know any flavor really and what we found is that fat eating fat with vegetables helps promote the absorption of those fat soluble vitamins so just making sure that we have a complete plate with at least three food groups so it can be a stew it can a soup it can be a burrito what else it can be a salad or it can be like Wendy's saying the my plate method where everything's individualized but just making sure that you're having a balance cuz you'd be surprised a lot of people they may think that they're you know eating a healthy diet but they're they cut out the fat and they cut out the carbs and so they end up with like you know a typical breakfast that we hear about is like maybe a smoothie with water and fruit and vegetables we just heard this one yesterday that somebody was having she was
1: like i don't really know why i'm starving by 12 o'clock we were like, well, I mean, it sounds like you're probably not having enough in the morning. Yeah.
2: So just making sure that you're getting enough calories to feel balanced.
1: Yeah. And also with eating out, because I think that people feel very conflicted about eating out, especially because it's just like for a lot of people, including us, it can be unrealistic to meal prep for every single day of the week. And eating out is just kind of part of our routine as well. And so trying to identify a few balanced options when you do eat out so that you know if something pops up you have a plan a b and c for things that you can eat where you feel like okay this is like i feel good this was satiating this was filling and it gave me kind of like all the all the balance that i need throughout my food and it's okay to have pleasurable meals but i mean if you're eating out consistently it would be great to try to incorporate some balance into that as well
2: Yes. So let's talk about some other things that people can do to be well, live their best life. So I think one thing that is often overlooked, which is why we really are supportive of um, Thrive, which kind of focuses on making sure that you're getting enough sleep, is to, you know, come up with a morning routine and a bedtime routine that helps to ensure that you are getting enough sleep to make you feel rested and energized throughout the day. Um, Studies also show that if you are not getting enough sleep, that may cause you to crave more foods or potentially overeat or even binge eat. And so we tell people who are kind of um, feeling like they're always hungry and they're always craving foods we check that's one of my first questions on, on my intake form is how many hours of sleep are you getting consistently and typically with the patients who are feeling like they're struggling the most their sleep is really they're not they're usually getting like maybe five hours of sleep sometimes I see patients I had one um, the other day she was getting like 18 hours of sleep which again like I think too much sleep or too little sleep um, can can be problematic so just prioritizing getting a good night's rest and figuring out what time you have to start to
1: unwind in order that you're to be in bed on time yeah and I also wanted to mention with just like practical things that um, people can do I think this is more of like a mindset thing but focusing more so on like the internal uh, success that you have with whatever changes it is that you that you're making versus external indicators of success, I said I said that in air quotation marks for people that are listening to the podcast because a lot of times we say, well, you know, the goal is to look this way, or the goal is to you know reach. A lot of times it's very aesthetic too. It's like I want to have these abs, or I want to you know lose this weight, and this is why I'm doing those things versus the internal things that are really important, like how you're feeling. And so maybe if you don't reach those goals a lot of people tend to leave behind everything that they've done because they're like, well, I, you know, I didn't get to where I said that I wanted to get to, even though they feel amazing and great. And so I would say really good mindset shift is just focusing always on how you feel on it, being a process and not putting too much pressure on yourself with all the external factors.
2: Yeah. That made me think also of, Um, one of our podcast episodes that I really liked, it was called body kindness. And it was by a dietitian colleague or with Rebecca Scritchfield. And she talked a lot about this idea of building a body kindness blueprint, which basically says, spending some time to, you know, sift through all the wellness clutter and figure out like what actually makes you feel your best. Um, what is your like personal body kindness blueprint? And a lot of times we feel like it should be this, or it should be that. I know for me, I thought it should be doing these like crazy, you know, hit workouts, burpees. Like I'm not into that at (laughs) all though. Like it doesn't make me physically feel good. Like what makes me feel good is a walk or lifting weights or dancing or something fun like rock climbing. And so just figuring out how many times you have to do that to really feel balanced. Like before, I think I was doing that too many days per week because I thought that I should. But realizing when I like, you know, step back and really just thought about like, yes, what it what makes me excited to do this? It was less. Um, So coming up with kind of what your blueprint is within the realm of fitness, um, mental health. And so a lot of it, you know, isn't just. Like we said, the food, it's also, are you spending time with friends? Are you spending time outdoors? Like, do you have any spiritual practices that work for you? Um, So just thinking about the different components to that and committing to, like what Wendy was saying, like, instead of it being this physical goal of I'm going to lose all this weight or whatever it may be, committing to doing these things because they are the behaviors that are going to set you up for success and make you feel your best
1: yeah totally so i think that we want to allow time for questions so i think that it's good to let's wrap it up there and then we'll take any questions that you guys have about anything nutrition related or anything at all (laughs) any questions what is something that um is new to you that you've kind of come across recently that you're really excited about it could be a food or some sort of like wellness resource
2: That's a good good question. Let me think. Well, I would say that book that I mentioned, Rebecca Scritchfield, Body Kindness, is really, really, really good because it's about transforming your health from the inside out without following a diet. That's one of my favorites. Another book is there's so many, but one of the other authors that we had on our podcast, she actually is here today, Candice Kumai. She wrote a book called um, Kintsugi Wellness. It's so good, it's yeah, really, really good. It's also a cookbook, mm-hmm. but it's the um, recipes it's are great. A, They're like really simple, yeah, like a manifesto, and it's mm-hmm. about her. She's um, half Japanese and just like getting back in touch with her Japanese roots. And can you explain like what the kintsugi actually means?
1: Yeah, so kintsugi is like the process of healing and repair. So basically, uh, I don't I don't want to talk cuz I'm not that familiar with the concept, <laughs> but from my understanding it's when things break like beautiful ceramics break it's the process of putting it together and like sealing them with gold and the process of yeah yeah. so just like making something really beautiful out of something broken and so she talks about just um, different principles to live by to incorporate Kintsugi into your life and it's it's really um, practical and touching and beautiful and she shares a lot of like her family stories and her upbringing so that's actually a really great resource. And I've been listening to, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Cherry Bomb podcast. It's really good. And it's all about women in food. And so they interview um, different women within the food world. So they're chefs, they're restaurant owners, um yeah and just talking about their experiences and it's just really exciting they're also very intentional about being inclusive within that food world which i think is something that's definitely missing a lot of time so it's nice because i'm always kind of like getting to know new chefs that are up and coming or chefs that are like very old school that i've never heard about and just all the amazing work that they're doing so that's one that i would say i know soul cycle
2: oh so we just went to our first SoulCycle class um, yeah. during Fancy, which is a food and nutrition conference and expo. It was amazing. So we, we thought we were going
1: to hate it. Uh,
2: yeah, because I'm not really a cycle girl. What are you saying, Hadis? Love- you love Soul? We should go tomorrow. It's like $35. Well, that, that's kind of, yeah. <laughs> right. We need to get some free coupons. Um, but it was so fun. And the lights were out. Has anyone done SoulCycle before? Yeah. yeah. Do you guys like it? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's so, yeah. The,
1: it's a, dance, it's a dance, dance party. It was. I thought it was, was in the club. <laughs> exactly. They in the lights and then they started playing Cardi B <laughs> and we were like game over. Right. Oh my God. It was so much fun. I know. So yeah, we were, we were a little hesitant because yeah, we're not really into the hardcore because it looks hardcore when you see it on video. Everyone's like really in the zone, oh. but it was actually a lot of fun.
2: It was so much fun. Yeah.
0: Yes. Hi, I just wanted to add to your mental um, wellness point. My name is Hadith. I'm also a registered dietitian. Woot. And, um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so I wanted to say I work with people with eating disorders, and I find that one of the mo- most, like, important things that, like, I feel like will help people just kind of calm down and, like, take a lot of the anxiety away from what they should be doing is, like, unfollowing unrealistic <laughs> Social media accounts that are just like portraying this like vision, this view of like perfection and this perfect body and this perfect, you know, background and this perfect acai bowl. And so I just think like, you know, I I personally unfollowed a lot of those people myself because it's whether you want to acknowledge it or not, it's like psychologically, it makes you feel like, well, then, you know, I'm just sitting here watching TV. Like, look at this girl, like on the beach running (laughs) Like, I feel like a loser, you know? So I think that that's something that I try. I, and, like, following more, like, what do they call it? Like, more um, health at every size and, like, body, positive. body positive. positive accounts that make it seem, it's just more realistic. And it's really I in real life. Like, I, you know.
2: Yeah, so I love that. It. I have a patient. Um, well, usually my patients who have any history of disordered eating, that is one thing that we do is, like, I call it a social media scrub and one of my patients came back and she said what she did was look at every account and um, decide like has this ever made me feel bad about myself or my body and she just that was her kind of barometer to decide who to unfollow and I think it can be really really helpful because then it takes some of that pressure off. Uh, we just went to a talk at Fancy that was um, talking about the neuroscience of comparison. Mm-hmm. Well, that yeah, and yeah, it was
1: really good because it um, it's interesting because that also falls in line with like food being perfect. So right. all of these Instagram accounts that have like perfectly prop food and like the smoothie bowls and like the perfectly stacked pancakes and how when people see this, it can be very unrealistic for them. When they, you know when they see like, oh, this is what healthy looks like or this is what good food should look like and they're like i'm never gonna get my food to look that gorgeous or i don't have that perfect linen to like match the plate or whatever so it was nice because they were talking about of course having a balance with food looking pretty and appetizing but also having things be a little more realistic in the online world because it can set those really high expectations for what food should be oh okay one more question hi i'm brie Big fan. Hi, Bri. Hey. Um, I have, a, I think, a RD-related question. I think
2: I eat fairly healthy, but one of my biggest problems, I think, is portion control. So I'm curious if you guys have any tips for that. When you say portion control, what do you... Explain. I mean, like, I come home from work starving... And I open a box of nut thin crackers and hummus, but like I'll eat the whole box of crackers. What do you typically, if you feel like sharing, so (laughs) what we would do is just start asking you more questions. Um, So what do you typically eat for lunch? Do you find your lunch to be filling and satisfying? I think so. Do you have at least three food groups? Probably not. Oh, probably not. Yeah. So the first thing I would say is look at your lunch and see how you can bulk it up so that you're not so hungry at four o'clock or whenever you said you get home and then consider having a snack you know between your lunch and when you get home because if your lunch isn't enough which it probably isn't since you're getting home and you're completely like ravenous I would consider having a snack and with snacks I recommend that that we do at least uh, two food groups so something like hummus with pita or something like almonds with, I don't know, an apple or peanut butter with a banana, something like that. So it's a little more satiating. It's going to stabilize your blood sugar. So by the time you get home, you won't be as hungry. One other thing is, so when you do get home, and let's say you are in that circumstance, try to ask yourself, like, what foods can I eat right now that will actually satisfy my hunger? Because if you are meal hungry, it's going to take you a meal's worth of snacks to actually be satisfied. So keep that in mind. And just even if you have to, you know, take a pause and, you know, have an actual meal, try to do that when you can.
1: Yeah. And one more thing with meals, I've noticed that especially with meals that are very high fiber, it can feel very satisfying when you're eating them. Like, let's say you have. Uh, Tuna salad, for example, and you're like, yeah, I feel really satisfied, but it also digests really quickly and it can feel very filling because it has all this fiber in it. But then it's totally normal for you to get hungry a couple hours after because it didn't include all of the food groups or it just wasn't enough nutrients or calories for that meal. Um, So keep that in mind. You can just try adding a little bit more and see how you feel. You could do it slowly because we don't want you feeling like completely stuffed and uncomfortable, but just slowly adding in. And more to see how you feel. All right, so I think that was the last yeah, question. Thank you guys wrap. so much for coming. Yeah, thank you this is coming. So fun. Oh my god, our first, first ever live episode, and I love it because this was so chill. Like, oh my god, you guys are- <laughs> <laughs> feel like I'm in the living room talking to yeah. my fans cool well i guess we will end
2: it there yeah we'll we'll mingle make sure we'll to be walking around <laughs> yeah make sure to check out the podcast we are um food heaven show on itunes and yeah. stitcher we're online we're on instagram at food heaven show and facebook at food heaven made easy yep and we'll catch you guys next time bye, bye.